Now premiering on the Studio DNA Network, Sif Pop Writers Room, a new show consisting of the writers of SifPop.com. On a rotating basis, we'll be discussing some classic movies we're watching for the first time, some comic book movies, some nostalgic movies, and what TV shows we're currently watching. But each week, we'll also be taking a look at the movies that are coming out soon and give our thoughts on how we think they will turn out. If you love movies, Sif Pop Writers Room is the place to be. So come on in and we will pull up a chair for you. Welcome, everybody, to episode 34 of Disney Plus Reviews. I'm one of your co-hosts, Phil Souza. I'm not here with Jack today, but I am here with my good friends, Grant Million Dollars Youngsma. What's up, Grant? Not much, Phil. (laughs) Uh, If you're just joining us for this podcast, we are an unofficial Disney Plus podcast reviewing the most popular stuff on Disney Plus and some movies you maybe have never heard heard of before or seen before, like the movie we're talking about today. I'm very excited to check this one out. Uh, Today, we are reviewing Blank Check. Uh, 1984 comedy movie. I guess if you were going to kind of... I'm going to read the synopsis here in a second, but um, if you're going to compare this to other movies, especially like of the same decade, it's got an element of Home Alone. Richie Rich. Richie Rich. Um, any any movie where it's like like empowering a young kid. I thought of um, another like terrible movie that I've done on a, on a different podcast, a horrible movie podcast, uh, Kazam. It's, it's yeah. really similar to Kazam. Um, so that that kind of a, a comedy kids comedy movie, uh, it is not as good as Home Alone. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, but it's kind of in that same kind of genre. Um, here's the synopsis on Disney Plus. It says, "When 11 year old Preston's bike is run over, he thinks it's his unlucky day, but when a settlement puts a blank check in his hand, quick thinking Preston fills it in for a million bucks. Now he has his own pad, his own limo driver, and is spending the money like crazy. He soon finds out that the only problem with having a million dollars is keeping it, especially when everyone is after the loot. Uh, so I feel like that's a pretty good synopsis. Kind of yeah. summarizes what mm-hmm. what the movie's about." Um, before we get into uh, into anything, I want to give you this warning. We say this on every episode, but if you're just tuning in for this episode, uh, we spoil the entire contents of the movie, front yeah. to back. We're not going to be shy about covering every spoiler. Not that this is like a heavy, like, I don't want to be spoiled movie, <laughs> but uh, we will talk about the movie front and back. So uh, if you've not seen the movie and you care about that, uh, then maybe hit pause, go watch the movie, come back. Uh, or if you don't care, if you've seen it before, then uh, continue on with us. We're going to jump into it. So before we get into kind of favorite scenes, and I want to talk about um, actors and just kind of overall plot and stuff like that. Uh, what's your history with this movie? I watched it for, literally for the first time today. So, um, Well, I watched it probably first when I was probably in middle school. So early... 2000s and then it was on Netflix for a little while so saw it again and then this was my first time watching it on Disney Plus last night. Okay so when was the last time that you saw it? Uh, Probably three years ago. Okay not, not too long. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
your wife, Caitlin. So I, I mentioned, I failed to mention this at, um, at the beginning of the, the top of the show, but you've been on several other episodes and mm-hmm. I think most of those have been with Caitlin. Has Caitlin yeah. also watched this? Yes. Okay. What's, what are her overall thoughts? Um, her thoughts, um, as far as Disney movies go, um, we kind of grouped this in with like cool runnings, the mighty ducks, heavyweights, um, big green and some other ones. She probably finds it in like the middle. Um, she really likes Mighty Ducks. This one she'll watch and she enjoys it, but it's probably not her favorite one. Yeah. Um, I, we're we're going to get into movie de- details here in a second, so we might as well just cover this now. But what's, what's her favorite scene or what does she like about the movie in, just in general? I think she likes kind of the Home Alone slash Richie Rich aspect of it where the bad guys get what they deserve. Yeah. And I'd say that's probably her favorite part. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So basically I, I see, we'll kind of talk generally, I guess about the movie. I, I see, I really see this movie as, um, like child, a tr- child's fantasy type of movie. Like yeah. it's spy kids. It's, is any movie that like kids can watch it and go, man, I want to be that kid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we covered Kazam, uh, on, the whole movie podcast a, a month or two ago. So I just watched that, that movie for the first time. And it's very similar. It's like, yeah. okay, kid, if you were, if you were 10 or 11 and you had three wishes, what would you do? And of course, the first thing he wishes for is just like all the candy in the world. And like, mm-hmm. it just literally rains candy. Um, so like the, the kinds of things that a kid would do with a million dollars, I think is the, probably the most enticing part of the movie for me. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't that age in 94. I was, uh, 14 and so, but pretty close, like three years, just three yeah. years older than this kid. And so it was fun watching this movie with like remembering my 1994 eyes. Like when mm-hmm. I was in, I mean, I was, I guess I was entering high school or yeah, I think it was a freshman or sophomore in high school. Yeah. Like how I would have maybe made the same, a lot of the same decisions, like the uh, racetrack, the VR mm-hmm. games, like all that kind of stuff. Like I probably would have done the exact same thing with a million dollars. The water slide. Yeah. <laughs> like all the, all the, uh, awesome things that are like a dream for any kid. You get to realize that dream through this movie, even though you're mm-hmm. not the kid, you get to, to watch it through his eyes. So um, I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. And it's kind of goes along with the Disney or the home alone type genre where the kid's not the most popular in the world. Yeah. He kind of gets picked on by other friends and his family. So it kind of fits along in that genre. Yeah, it's it is kind of a uh, like the kid that's not getting his way in life gets his way all of a sudden. Yeah, and like he's even picked on by his brothers. Like his brothers are kind of jerks, um, yeah. kind of a la Home Alone, really. Um, and you know, pick on him, call him names, and generally just kind of thumb him down. And then I don't know how you would describe. How would you describe the relationship between him and his dad? Because it's it's aggressive sometimes. Like his dad is like harder on him. I feel like he's yeah. harder on him on Preston than his older brothers. Yeah. And he almost admits as much at the, be- at the end of the movie when he doesn't know that he's talking to Macintosh who doesn't mm-hmm. exist. And, but Macintosh is in that tall chair. I mean, it's Preston in that tall chair yeah. and he's talking to Macintosh about being, Oh, I, I should have been a better father or I should have been there for my kids more or whatever. But I don't know. Like, how would you describe, I guess he's just a neglectful father, kind of. And I think he kind of sees a lot more of himself in Preston. Okay. Because, like, he talks about how he thinks that Preston should be running his own business at this point because he was running his own business. I think it's more like that. And 
and like you said, I don't think he has as high of expectations for Preston's brothers as he does for Preston. So yeah. I think he goes a little bit harder on him. Okay, that that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I'd kind of forgotten about that line. Um, yeah, I uh, I think the the relationships in the movie are a, a huge part of the movie. Like, yeah. it this is a comedy kind of. There's there are like twenty minute sections that are not funny. Like, mm-hmm. not even trying to be funny. Yeah. So I, it's I don't know if it's a drama or a comedy, but um, and then there's, we'll get to it later, but there's like a romantic element to it, which yeah. is a little weird to talk about. Um, we'll talk about that. Um, it involves an 11 year old and a 20 something year old woman. Um, and they're kind of semi romantic escapades. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk, we'll talk about that in depth later. Um, but yeah, I think the relationships are core to the, the message of the movie. And I, I, I mean, you can pull a couple of messages out, I think, but the one that I kind of got was I mean, obvious, the obvious one I think is money and just how you can buy friends until the money runs out and mm-hmm. then, you know, all your friends are going to leave you because they were only there for the money to begin with. But there's also an element of, you know, not to quote the Beatles, but like all you need is love. All you need yeah. is relationships and money doesn't, isn't going to give you the happiness that you really desire. At the end of the movie, he has a birthday and he says, okay, make a wish, you know, um, before you blow out your candles, you know, what, what could you want? And he's like, I don't, what What else could I want? I have everything I need right yeah. here. He's looking at his family. So I think those are kind of the main themes of the movie. And obviously they don't hit as hard if he's like the the popular kid in school mm-hmm. at the beginning of the film. So um, in fact, you're kind of reminded throughout the movie that he, he doesn't ha- have any real friends. Yeah. Like th- even throughout the movie, like Henry is kind of his best friend. Yeah. <laughs> he's like paid. He's mm-hmm. paid to be, to hang out with him. So um I don't know. That's like a really serious, dark conversation on what is kind of a lighter film. But yeah. I, I think that the movie tries to make a point at the end. And so I wanted to at least address that. So yeah. do you have anything to add or say different on that? But I mean, I think you hit right on the head. I mean, he doesn't really have any friends. I mean, you see him go to Butch's birthday party and he's kind of yeah. the laughing stock because his dad gives him six dollars <laughs> yeah. and he could. <laughs> it's kind of laughable, <laughs> but it. it and uh have you ever been to an amusement park by this like this by the way you literally pay per ride the only thing i can think of it is like the state fair kind of which now they do wrist wristbands at the fair now but at one point i feel like they charged like tokens to get on but it's kind of humorous because preston gets six tokens yeah and (laughs) all the fun rides are like seven tokens (laughs) above so he's riding like the carousel and other things like that. He's 11, but he's wearing like the five-year-old rights. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did think that was pretty funny. Yeah. But yeah, it, from the very beginning, you, you get two you get two strong impressions, which uh, pay off for the whole film, but um, he doesn't have any money. That, his mm-hmm. family is kind of poor. Like, yeah. they, they don't have a lot of stuff. He has a, a computer at home, which is 94, which would have been actually kind of hard. But um, other than that, they don't, they don't spend, they're on a tight budget. Uh, so you learn that. And then you also learn that these kids really aren't even his friends. Like if they were, they'd probably share their tokens with him or whatever. (laughs) You would would think that like, (laughs) and the funny thing is it's this Butch's birthday party, but you never see any parents. So you would think (laughs) that like if my parents were throwing me a birthday party, they would at least give the kids like some tokens (laughs) on top of that. But you just see the kids running free and it's kind of like every kid for themselves and every kid must be, Filthy rich, except for Preston. Yeah. 
Also, seven dollars to ride a ro- roller coaster. I'm assuming it's yeah a, to- a token for a dollar. So uh, that's kind of pricey. But there's a lot of uh, money issues, I think, with this movie in general. But that's uh that's the least of them. Oh yeah, I, Fun- I d- Funland is what it's called. I do remember at Mall of America at their amusement park. It actually costs tokens. Yeah, you're right. We just went there this past summer. Yep. And I just thought of that. Yep, I've been there too in the last few years. But um, yeah, that's a that's a weird place, man. It actually kind of re- resembles Funland, like yeah. a lot of the same rides. Mm-hmm. Um, you got the spinny rides, you got the roller coasters, that kind of yeah. stuff. Mall of America is a, a weird place, man. Um, so uh, yeah, and then talk about the cotton candy scene. Uh, so <laughs> one of my favorite scenes to begin with, um, Preston is enjoying his cotton candy on this bridge that overlooks the like log ri- log type ride and so all of preston's friends are coming down <laughs> or so-called friends and and preston's like waving him and then this huge wave just comes <laughs> and basically drenches preston and his cotton candy is pretty much gone it's toast and which how could you know not know that the wave's coming <laughs> by the way <laughs> He's kind of a dork. Yeah. Like, Preston's kind of a dork in this movie. He is. And, I mean, if you look at, like, the clothes he wears. Yeah. I mean. Tucked in shirt. Yep. Uh, he's he's wearing a tucked in polo shirt with khaki pants to mm-hmm. a birthday party. <laughs> like, this guy's kind of a nerd. So, that's kind of how we're introduced to, to Preston at the, at the beginning of the movie. Um, the movie starts to get interesting when he's out for a bike ride and... At the very, we actually introduced the very first character we're introduced to in this movie. By the way, is Quigley. Mm-hmm. Like it's in the opening credits, um, and he's breaking out of jail. Yeah, which that is such a weird scene to me that no one, literally, no one mentions that he's an escapee, like mm-hmm. that he's being hunted by, yeah, like local police or anything like that, or FBI. Um, they're trying to crack down on this like money cr- crime ring type mm-hmm. of thing, but like there's. There's nothing. There's nothing on the news about an escapee from the prison, or like, there's no one is even aware that this guy's yep. escaped. So it's kind of weird to sh- show him escaping. I think they probably would have been better suited just showing him stealing money or mm-hmm. something. But he he breaks out of jail and and gets this million dollars. Mm-hmm. He goes to the bank and he can't deposit it outright because of the serialization of the yep. money. Which I, I thought that was kind of cool to show that, but um, so he's going to launder it, and it's not explained how. It's not really important how, but uh, he essentially it's going to get kind of filtered in, maybe over month, many months or mm-hmm. something slowly, yeah. kind of added to the bank's deposit. But the bank owner is corrupt, and he's basically saying, "Okay, I, you, I'm going to let you cash out a million dollars of se- of different bills than these bills, yeah. but you got to you know wait, give me 24 hours." send your guy in tomorrow to, to do this, whatever. But it's on his way out. He gives him like a temporary, like little checkbook checkbook. Yeah. And says like, okay, this will get you by for 24 hours if you need to spend some money. And he immediately runs over Preston's bike. Uh, which, talk about that scene, which before that Preston was going into the bank because he had just gotten a check from his grandma. Oh, that's right. I forgot and about that. This is kind of the first blank check. And, um, yeah, his there's grandma, actually two blank checks in the his movie. His grandma doesn't write out the check amount, and um, Preston gets $11. So he brings this check in, and he's like, I'd like to open an account. And um, that's when we get introduced to Shay. And she's like, well, you need at least $200 to open the account. <laughs> and uh, at that rate, he's not going to have $200 very fast. So Preston's leaving the bank, and Quigley's also leaving the bank. And Quigley's on top of the world because he's about to get his million dollars. 
and Preston's on his bike, and then Butch comes along again and takes Preston's check. And so Preston and Butch are, like, racing after. And then as Quigley's backing out, Preston, like, wipes out on his bike. And Quigley doesn't hit Preston, but he completely runs over Preston's bike. (laughs) So then Quigley gets out, and he's just like, are you okay, kid? And he's kind of just about ready to just send him off, not do anything. And then Butch shows up and basically takes on the case of like a lawyer and uh so quickly like oh crap because people are starting to come around and then he sees a police officer about to come and yeah he's just like he quickly fills out a check and leaves it blank and he's like show this to your parents and they'll know what to do yeah and then he just takes off yeah I, I I knew that this was going to be because I'd read the synopsis right before the movie. I not, not even seen the trailer on this when I watched it, but I knew that the that someone was going to write him a check at some point. And then when the opening scene happens with the bank and the money, and I was like, okay, so this is he's going to get the money from this guy somehow. And then like he runs over his bike. I was like, this is where it happens, right? I was like, why is he just going to give him a blank check though? Mm-hmm. And then the, the that question is answered when you see the police the yeah. the car come around. You're like, oh, he's in a hurry. And he just signs his name to the bottom and says, hey, give this to your dad. He don't know what to yeah. do with it. So, And then Preston shows up at his house and he basically gets lectured by his parents about how he was reckless and careless with his bike, yeah. even though it wasn't Preston's fault really at all. <laughs> right. So like Preston like storms off and like we talked about earlier, he has a computer in his room and I don't know how he knew how to do this, but I mean, he's definitely a smart kid. Yeah. And so he starts... At first, he's just going to write the check for $200 because that's probably, I mean, that's why he needed to open his bank account. Sure. But then he's like, hmm. And because like earlier, like a day before, he had figured out like how much it would take him to get to a million dollars. And it says like 3,000 years, some, some <laughs> hundred years. And so he's like, hmm. And then he decides to write the check for a million dollars. Yeah. And prints it out yep. so that it looks legit. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, um, he actually at first he writes a thousand dollars because that's what um, Butch, Butch, Butch said. Yeah, he said he said make the check out for a thousand. Um, so yeah, he writes a thousand and then he's like, hmm, and then he just adds three three more zeros to it. So, anyways, so I guess the next thing that happens is he goes into the bank, right? Yep. Like he goes back to the bank and um, he doesn't get Shay as his teller this time. He gets that, an older lady. I was I was fully expecting him to go in and talk to Shay again. Yeah, and. So the lady's just like, well, this has to be a joke. And Preston's like, no, it's not. And then she sends him up to Bitterman. And he's like the bank owner. Yeah. And then there's this scene where Bitterman's expecting Juice to come at one o'clock. And it's a little before one o'clock. But by the way, there are there is a long string of coincidences that happen for the scene to, to, for it to yeah. make sense. It's a movie. I get it. But it like. As you're watching this, you're like, there's no way it would go down like this. Yeah. Like, he's expecting someone to walk in at one o'clock on that next day. You know, he's at, at one point says, are you juice or oh, he's just as juice. juice. He's like, oh, no, I'm not thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> but like, and, and then he, but then he just assumes, oh, he's just being funny. Like there's all these things that have to line up for this to be like a yeah. perfect scenario. But I mean, you just and go with I it. mean, it's just kind of like he thinks of it as, oh, Quigley's gotten smarter now. Because nobody's going to expect a kid right. to come get his money. And so he literally is like, did you bring your backpack for this? And 
he's like, yeah. And he literally just starts loading it. I mean, I would assume <laughs> stacks of like $1,000 or something like which, that. Which, by, by the way, the bank owner just has a million dollars in cash in his office. In his safe. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. And so he just starts loading him up. <laughs> and then Preston gets out just in the nick of time because Juice is literally coming up the stairs and he yeah. bumps into Preston and knocks the backpack off but helps him out because he's thinking nothing of it right and he just goes on jesus is like this um typical kind of brutish kind of you know criminal kind of guy he's kind of um, he's real Quigley's rough. muscle yeah exactly um so like he's exactly who you're expecting to see at one o'clock um but then yeah they end up just like literally passing each other in the hall um so yeah that's that's how he gets away with it. He he, and I, I actually had a big smile on my face when he when I when he breaks into a run. So like he gets down to the like the bottom floor of the yep. bank and sees the tellers wherever he's like, I'm gonna make it. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna make it out of this yeah. building with a million dollars in my bag. And he just literally breaks into a sprint and just runs out. And I I had a big smile on my face when I saw that. That was like that was the moment of just like whoa. Like that's this is like a life changing moment for yeah. him. So. And then the irony of the house sale yeah what a weird deal okay so i gotta talk about this house this it's essentially a castle it's it is literally called that like the the Mm -hmm. real the real world uh, like where they shot this movie which is in austin by the way they shot it in austin um the the movie takes place in indiana but they found this castle in austin that they wanted to shoot on so um in fact probably most of the shooting i would say is probably in austin texas but this castle is still there today um if you find it's called the pemberton castle it's Mm p-e-m-b pemberton and it today it's like completely covered in ivy like you can't even like you would drive right past it and not even realize it's the castle from the movie unless you look really closely at it it's completely green because it's it's just completely just covered in in plants um so i don't know like why they couldn't sell this castle and keep it up or whatever but there's no way even in 1994 cash that this they have it listed on the market on when he pulls up the website for which by the way there's a website for this house in 94 is pretty impressive too but like he pulls up the website and it says on there two hundred thousand dollars is all they're asking for this thing and i was just like there's no way that thing's less than a million yeah like even in 1994 movie uh money uh today that movie that house would absolutely be worth t- like two million dollars it's a massive mm-hmm. thing so so basically what's happening is quigley is meeting with the realtor and it's like this older couple and he's given him an offer of like 150000 or something like that. Yeah. And they're really... And then Preston calls in. and But it's not Preston talking. It's his computer talking. Yeah. <laughs> and they get... Which it sounds so terrible, by the yeah. way. It sounds like a computer. <laughs> and they get into this bidding war. And it looks like Preston's finally going to beat uh, Quigley with no help whatsoever at around 200,000 and mm-hmm. the people are ready to give it to him. But then uh, Preston's mom calls and she's like, I'm going to be home at three. Oh, and, yeah. and then they're, he's like, and then the realtor's like 300,000. We'll take it. <laughs> and he's just like, Oh, and uh, Quigley of course is mad. Cause he wants that place for him as a hideout. And he, as he's leaving, 
he's like, well, you people probably won't even get to use this money because you're so old and you're going to die <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. And <laughs> so now Preston is the owner of this castle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is where, where Macintosh comes in because um, mm-hmm. they're like, okay, well, which by the way, there's no way that he could... He says, like, I'll, I'll pay such and such uh, plus closing costs and stuff like that. And it's just like, don't you have to sign for houses like yeah. to, <laughs> to actually take, take ownership? Anyway, you, there's a lot that you just have to not think about while watching this movie in order to enjoy it. Yeah. And, and kids aren't going to k- pick up on that stuff anyway. But um, so, but yeah, he, the realtor over the phone is, is just taking this guy's word for it that he's going to pay this money and is like, okay, well, what name should I put it under? And he's just like, uh, uh, cause he can't use his name. Mm-hmm. And so he looked, he just looked down at the logo <laughs> on his computer and it's, it's the, it's a, an Apple Macintosh is what he's yeah. using. Um, which by the way, as a Mac longtime Mac user, like I remember using Macs back in the nineties and it, it brought so, so many cool memories of like floppy disks and stuff anyway. Um, so he's using a, a program called Mac speak was like, which was a real program back then yeah. that would like, it was text to speech back in the nineties, if you can believe mm-hmm. that. And so, um, so yeah, that was real technology that he used, but yeah. So he says, my name is Macintosh and just that becomes that, that becomes his, this like fake persona for this yeah. person, the entire movie. So, um, then I don't know if I'm skipping anything, just let me know. But he basically kind of goes into like, um, 12 year old with a million dollar mode. Like he just mm-hmm. starts buying everything like he he finds henry yeah the first thing he does is buys a limo driver yeah and he show henry shows up and henry's just like well this isn't true or anything and then preston just hands him money and he's just like okay where are we where are we off to and (laughs) then he goes into i mean he's 11 years old so obviously there's a lot of stuff he wants um, and he literally just goes out and starts buying a ton of stuff. Yeah. They're, they're basically shopping, shopping spree. Like he, he gets clothes. Um, they're, you know, shooting, it's very nineties. They're shooting Nerf guns and super soakers yeah. in the, in the stores. They, um, uh, he buys like a, su- a slide for the, for their house. He's got a racetrack, which by the way, like I'm totally going to have all this stuff in my mind. And it's just like, man, I feel like he would have burned through a million yeah. on that first day. But, um, I mean, the, the house alone, like he paid $300,000 for the house. That's a yeah. 30% of his money gone. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, he, uh, they're riding rollerblades in the middle of the store. They're looking at four by three TVs and he says, I want the entire wall because he wants to build this wall of televisions in the, in like the den or, you know, living room or whatever of this, of this, uh, castle that he wants to live in. Um, and he basically is just spending money left and right. And in fact, they kind of, I'm, I'm glad that at the end of the movie, somebody actually mentions how crazy that is. Like yeah, it's actually from quickly. He's like, you spent a million dollars in six days. <laughs> and it's like yeah you're seeing it right on the screen so um what as far as like the the just spendthriftness of this moment and like the stuff that he buys like i I think the water slide scenes are fun the the race car track is is pretty fun he has a um what do you call it like a hitting uh, a batting cage batting cage yeah um that he sets up at one point he has like literally the street is full of vendors that are carrying yeah. boxes. Like there's literally a, a box in everyone's hands and there's like 30 people in the street. And, and it's kind of ironic because literally this castle is right down the street from his actual house. Yeah. I didn't realize that until that scene. Cause the dad started going, what's all the ruck is like, what's going on down here? Yeah. And they're just like, 
And there's the scene where Preston's on top of the castle and his dad's like, what on earth is going on? And he's like, Macintosh is moving. Well, who's Macintosh? <laughs> well, it's my boss. And he's, and he's just like bewildered. And uh, so all Preston's dad is trying to do is get to their house. <laughs> and so you all of a sudden Preston starts yelling and then they all like part. Yeah. <laughs> and all and whenever he gets asked it's all about Macintosh and nobody ever thinks it's weird that he's not there. Well, yeah, and okay, think about this for a second. So you're a dad and you have an an 11-year-old child, not a high schooler, an 11-year-old what, 6th grader? How old are you in, uh, when you're 11? Fifth grade. He's a fifth grader. Yeah. Working for a man, a grown man in a weird castle. Yeah. And you've never met him and you're just letting your 11-year-old go to work every day for this guy uh, uh, and like manage all of his money. I was like, I mean, I know he thinks Preston's smart, but yeah. but come on, like at least shake hands with the guy once, you know, <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. And a day before this, <laughs> he didn't have this job or anything and all of a sudden he has a job. Yeah, and it's pretty clear to even to his parents, Preston's parents, that he is literally like the account—not accountant, but like uh, like he's the money manager for this yeah. guy. Um, and you know, it's—I think it's understood by some that he's just not in town half the time, or when he is in town, he's got more important business. He's basically Bruce Wayne, right? Like yeah. he's you know, conveniently, he's up. Bruce is always gone when Batman's on the prowl. Yeah. Um. So you know, they can kind of forgive that for and. It, you know, to be fair, the, the this movie takes place in six days, so mm-hmm. it's not like weeks go by. Um, but at one point, and again, they at least have the decency of addressing that weird question yeah. in everyone's minds. When at one point the dad and mom are talking alone in the kitchen, he's at the dining t- table, she's at the kitchen in the kitchen, and he says, um, or she says, uh, you know, so when you when you met Macintosh, what did he, how did, how was he or whatever? And she, he's like, well, I've never met him. <laughs> he's like. Have you I, met him? Yeah, have you met him? <laughs> She's like, no, I've never met him. What do you mean you haven't met him? Like, it was just yeah. like this. Okay, well, at least they addressed that question. But It's kind of like in Home Alone 2 where Kevin's on his own in New York. It's kind of like that with his dad's credit card. And everybody keeps asking to see his dad. And, of course, his dad's not there. And it's kind of just like Preston with Macintosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it is. it's pretty similar. Um so pretty, pretty, I mean, right around this time in the movie, uh, I think it's probably appropriate to talk about it now, but, um, there's a, a really weird relationship between this kid and this grown woman. So, um, and I, I have no idea. I was, I was a kid in the nineties. I wasn't an adult, but yeah. I would think that I would find this weird even in 1994 if yeah. I was 40 years old, like I am now. But so this is essentially what happens. And I, I'm not going to, I'm really not going to try to overstate anything. I'm just going to tell the, give you the facts and let you decide for yourself what you think is going on here. But th- so Shay is this, let's be honest, very beautiful woman yep. that works. You think she's working for the bank. You As find, a teller. Yeah. You find out very quickly she's undercover. She works for the FBI, FBI. Anyway, so that's what her interest is. At least they explain what her interest is in this kid mm-hmm. is work related. Um, she's investigating. Um, but from minute one, like when he first sees her, even when he's depositing $200, he's definitely attracted. Yeah. And I mean, at 11 years old, I guess, I guess I can buy that. I think I had like a crush on my teacher when I was in fifth grade too. So I, I get that. Um, but 
then like she goes with him on this so like there's a part where they're driving down the street he rolls down his window and he's like hey babe (laughs) like not not really but like says that and then he's like hey you know would you like to like go have dinner with me and she she uses the words it's a date and then then they go out just the two of them she's trying to get to macintosh obviously Mm -hmm. but she's like okay i'll go out on a date with you 11 year old child and then they go out to like a fancy dinner. She wears that dress, which is kind of weird. Yeah. Um, it's it's a, a dress that's definitely going to be prov- provocative if you're mm-hmm. the same age as her. He buys her jewelry. They go um, to, you know, this funny scene where like he pulls everything off the table and then he's like, hey, do you like burgers? And she's like, I love burgers. They go to his favorite burger joint. Then they go into the, the fa- fountain and start like getting soaking wet together. And then they, uh, I'm not like, I'm not trying to be salacious. I'm just yeah. saying this is what happens in the movie. Um, she hugs him at one point. They're holding hands uh, as they're getting soaking wet. Um, and it's weird. Like yeah. it's already weird. And it mm-hmm. gets weirder even at the end of the movie. But what what's your do you remember watching this for the first time and thinking that, that was weird you were pretty young when you first watched it um i honestly <laughs> like i remember like big things but i honestly did not remember this at all yeah i mean even when i watched it three years ago but um when we talked about doing this movie i didn't really start thinking about it until we decided we were going to do this movie again yeah and so I mean, it is weird, and I don't know. So I, I literally knew nothing about this movie. I didn't even know it was about a kid. I, you had told me about it several months ago, but I'd forgotten yeah. um, the synopsis, the brief synopsis that you gave me. So I, I like, I literally thought this was about like a couple twenty year olds or whatever. I, I just mm-hmm. didn't know. And so I actually, in total innocence, I asked you the question a few days ago: Is this a rom com? Like, what, what kind of movie is this? And you were like, uh, <laughs> and like. Ironically, it's kind of romantic. Like, yeah. there's romantic scenes between these two people. It's, it's just the fact that he's 11. And, and like, he, <laughs> at their at the fancy restaurant, he has, like, questions for her. Yes. And um, it's like, um, are you married? She says no. How old was the youngest guy you've dated? <laughs> how short was the... How short was the shortest guy you've ever dated? Yeah. And so you can really tell that... Uh, Shay feels uncomfortable about it, but also that Preston's really into her. And I I almost, and not that this makes this okay. I'm just saying, I think her motivation in this, in this scene is, I don't think the the movie ever suggests that she is in love with him. Like, I I think it's all one-sided. I think that's clear. At the end of the movie, she actually says, you know, when you're older, give me a call. You know, like she's not interested in him right now. So I'm glad they at least did that. Otherwise, I don't think this movie would have made it to Disney Plus. But um, so she makes that pretty clear. But at the same time, kind of almost has to. She's not. Gosh, I I don't want to say leading him on. I think that's I think yeah. he, that's also too far. But I think she is definitely not discouraging him from his infatuation with her. She wants Macintosh. Yes, and that's all she wants. Yes, and she's willing to do whatever it takes to get to Macintosh, including being ambiguous about her feelings for him. Yeah. And I, there were scenes, there were definitely moments, especially in those scenes where I was just like, ugh, like this is kind of gross. Like yeah. it's not full on is if it was full on pedophilia, mm-hmm. it wouldn't, it wouldn't be on Disney yeah. plus. And I think they, they 
they stopped short of that, but mm-hmm. ever so close to that line. Yeah. So um, it is, as far as movies go, um, we talked about, uh, oh man, what was the alien movie? Um, oh my gosh. Oh, Flight of the Navigator. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a, a scene that's very similar to this. It actually got, gave me Flight of the Navigator vibes where there's a young child. I mean, the kid in that movie's a little older. He's probably 12 or 13 in that movie. Um, but Sarah Jessica Parker in that movie is like 19 or 20. Yeah. And so he, she's an adult. He's a minor. And he absolutely loves this this girl mm-hmm. and wants to like marry her and she kind of goes with him a little bit too and like is a little flirty like and i think there are actually some lines even from her that are a little flirty yeah um and and i i mentioned it during that movie's review and I, it's like i'm coming back around to it in this one and those movies are pretty close to each other as far mm-hmm. as the year that they came out so i guess this was a little bit of a thing like to address like unrequited you know child to adult <laughs> love you know yeah so uh i don't know i i found it weird and i i thought it's at least at least worth mentioning that they went there and they went further down that road than i thought they would mm-hmm. um so it's it's interesting but yeah she becomes kind of not just a love interest i mean it's weird to see think of her as a love interest but she's essentially a love interest in the movie but then also becomes kind of a an advocate for him and yeah. really like um ends up like defending him at the end of the movie so yeah um so she's pretty crucial. Uh, let's talk about Henry a little bit. We'll get off topic from Shay. Um, Henry is my favorite character in this movie, other than Preston. Obviously, Preston's everyone's favorite, but um, he's he's legit funny. Yeah, and I think that like I was trying to think, he looks familiar. I for a, for a few seconds I thought he was the counselor from Heavyweights. Oh yeah, because they're very similar yep. in their demeanor, the, even the way they speak. Um, they're both kind of Chris Farley-ish mm-hmm. kind of characters. Um, but he's, he's not that guy. He's a different guy, but um, very similar to him. And I think he's legit funny. And I think yeah. he's a, isn't he like a stand-up comedian? I looked him up mm-hmm. and I think he's actually a stand-up comedian in real life or was. Yeah, back in the I 90s. think you're right. Um, do you have some like favorite lines or anything from him? I, I just really loved it. Henry. Anytime that he was on screen, I was like, okay, I'm in. I'm like, yeah. I, I want to hear what this guy has to say next. Um. One of my favorite lines from Henry is when um, Preston is kind of lacking some confidence and Henry's just like, you know what you have, Preston? S-T-Y-L-E. Yeah. And that's probably one of my favorite lines from him. And um, Henry's kind of maybe like the older brother type figure. I mean, not – I mean, Preston's brothers are – not very nice to him at all. Yeah. But Henry's kind of there for him and to a point. Um, it's kind of one of those things where he's getting paid, so you don't know. But you definitely can tell that there's like a friendship beginning to bond between those two. Yeah. And Preston's gained like his first ever like real friendship. Right. From Henry. Yeah. Yeah. It's And that's one thing that Henry and Shay have in common in this movie that I think that Shay actually says something very similar at the end of the movie where um, he says, so that date that we went on, um, it was just for work, right? Like you, you just, you went on the date because you had to for your job. And she's like, well, it's, it sure started out that way, but then it became something more. And I, I wouldn't trade that night for anything. Um, again, not hopefully not romantic feelings, but like yeah. she's just, that's what she's expressing about how important he is to her. And I feel like I got the same kind of vibe from Henry too, like where it started out, being about all about the money. Like mm-hmm. he says, I'm not going to be your driver until he flashes dollar bills. And he's like, okay, I'm your driver. But then as they 
continue their relationship. It's only the course over, over, over the course of six days, but they become pretty fast friends and yeah. it's not about the money anymore. Like he's just, he's just legit, like really good friends with this kid. Yeah. So. And he's gained two friends that he's never had before. Yeah. Cause I mean, his only like real friend that you're ever introduced to is Butch. Yeah. And Butch is kind <laughs> of that bully that no, I mean, Yes, Henry or Preston likes to hang out with him because he wants to be popular. But Butch is not his friend at all. Right, right. No, not not even close. <laughs> um, I I I found like a, a, a subtitle file or whatever. It has like all the quotes from the movie. Um, I really liked this exchange. He he does a little stand up in the middle of the film. It's actually when they're about to go into the party scene mm-hmm. um, towards the end of the movie, which we're probably pretty close to anyways. He says. He says, you ever heard more than one way to skin a cat? Who skins cats? Why would you skin a cat? And there's, no, there is not one more, more than one way to skin a cat. There's only one way. You grab the cat and you rip the skin off the cat. Uh, and then he says, uh, kill, kill two birds with one stone. You, you heard that one? You know anyone who's even killed one bird with one stone? <laughs> Kids try it all the time. You can't hit a bird with a stone unless you got a huge stone and they're tiny baby birds. Then wham, beep, beep, dead. <laughs> Yeah. So I like he's he's genuinely funny. I there any scene that he was in, I was usually smiling. Um, I thought he was honestly funnier than the counselor dude in Heavyweights. Like I, I think he's he has like really good comedic timing and he's very confident on screen. Yeah. I don't know that I'd seen him in anything. Like I'm trying to. He looks familiar, but I think it's just because he looks like other actors that yeah. I've seen. But he was great. I really enjoyed him a lot. Um. I think we probably need to talk about what like Bitterman, Quigley, and Juice have been doing all oh, this yeah. time. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's before talk about we that. get to the party, yeah. And uh, they're basically doing whatever they can to find Preston, and they're not being successful at all. There's this one part right before the party that they actually find him at a park, and mm-hmm. they um, this is kind of like the big start action scene in pursuing the movie. him. Yeah, and. Um, Quigley and of course Bitterman's not gonna chase after him because he's not he's a bigger guy and there there's no chance that he's gonna catch him so <laughs> Quigley sends Juice after him so Juice starts running after him and at one point he knocks his backpack off but they're all after Preston because they don't realize that all the money is actually in the backpack yeah and so um, Juice is running after him and it's kind of the comic scene you've seen in all the other movies where he's really trying and there's this one part (laughs) where he's got him on like this bridge and juice comes running and misses him by a mile and (laughs) just falls in this pond and then eventually um preston gets his backpack back and they are chasing after him and it's this kid on a bike and the rest of them are in a car Yeah, and they go across the stage <laughs> and Preston like goes flying and the, they keep following him and they literally <laughs> land on top of these cars. Yeah. And so then they decide, well, this isn't working at all. So then they run into Butch again Yeah, and they basically kidnap Butch <laughs> And there's a scene where they're on top of this high building. Yeah, dude, that and, was so great. And they're about to like throw him <laughs> off this building. It's the, it's literally a a Batman scene where yeah. like he's he's suspending a criminal over the edge of a tall but, building. But it's an 11 year old kid, <laughs> and so Butch is like, "Well, I'll tell you anything. His name's Preston Waters." And they go to his house, which the party's starting at this point. Yeah. 
and they literally kick down the door <laughs> and nobody's home. So then they're just like, well, let's go over to Macintosh's and find him. And then, yep, we're at the party scene. Yeah. So this party, the, the, the price tag for this party alone is a hundred grand, which yeah. is insane. But it looks like a hundred grand. I mean, they've got a live bands. They have obviously the bars stocked, which I mean, Preston can't drink any of that, but there's a ton of adults at the party, which is yeah. a little weird, but like basically they've just invited the entire neighborhood over mm-hmm. and, um, you know, it's, it's all the things you would expect at like a really lavish party. It's, yeah. you know, kids going down the slide and like, you know, everyone's just playing with all of his toys. Really and stuff fancy like that. tables, stuff like that. Yeah. Everyone's dressed to the nines. Like, yeah, it's just that, that big thing, whatever. And the, he's hired at like a party planner basically. Um, which I kind of like, I kind of liked her character too. She was pretty good, but she is like, she needs the money at the party, which I thought yeah. was kind of weird, but like, she's like, but it's basically a, um, a plot device to to get you say like okay like a demand to see Macintosh now yeah. and like she's finally like the one person that's like I have to see him right right this minute because I have a bill and it's a hundred thousand he goes back to his com- mega computer on this huge screen or whatever and starts totaling it all up and I took a screenshot of that of that um uh, screen whatever mm-hmm. is so he spent like twenty three thousand on the security system thirty five thousand on video system tw- twenty six grand on the racetrack which that seems low to me yeah only twenty six grand for a racetrack I, it's nineteen ninety four money but uh, it's not that different batting cage was twelve thousand um, this line is really funny Coca Cola Hagen Dazs Charlie Chips Charles Chips and Nabisco four thousand nine hundred thirty six dollars yeah <laughs> uh, slush puppy machine. Then the, there's a line in here that says plan 442. And he mentioned that at the dining room table, which we skipped over yeah. that scene. But in the midst of all this, he actually is still having dinner with his family and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll be like in a suit, you know. <laughs> but um, And he says, oh, so much for plan 442. Did they ever explain what that is in the movie? Mm-mm. You just uh, find out that his dad's working on that for some point. But he never goes into what it is. What a and- weird... And Preston's going to present it to Macintosh. Right. But but we never find out what it is? No. That's a, that's a weird deal, man. Because like you don't even really find out what his dad actually does. I feel like something got left on the cutting room floor there, like that they yeah. were going to make a scene, a whole big five-minute deal about Plan 442, mm-hmm. but it just got cut from the movie, I guess. It's yeah. so weird that it's mentioned but never addressed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's even on the screen. He's he spent three hundred thousand dollars on Plan Four Four Two. Is that the house? It could be. Uh, it's you know what? That's got to be it because the house isn't on here at all. Yeah, I bet that I bet that Plan Four Four Two is the house. That was literally never explained, but yeah. it, it just connected to me because it was the the, mm-hmm. the dollar amount. That's weird. Like, why didn't they explain what four, Plan Four Four Two was? I don't know. Unless I just missed it. Anyway. Um, there's also a line in here that says round trip to Chicago. Oh, that's never shown no. on screen. Um, Mac kids park is $40,000. Um, the virtual reality was 30 grand, which is crazy. Um, the slide was $12,000. Anyways, it totals all this up. And then he adds a hundred thousand dollars. Actually on screen, it only says $10,000. So he actually didn't put uh, enough zeros. <laughs> anyway, a hundred thousand dollars. And basically he's out of, he's out of money. So he's yeah. burned through a million dollars in six days. And he literally finds out that he only has $332 left. Right. And so he can't pay the party planner. And she of course is mad because she wants to get paid. 
And she literally shuts down the whole party. Yeah. Shut and, down the bar. Everyone get out of here. Yeah. Leave. And then you kind of have the scene that we talked about earlier with his dad yep. comes in. And it's not supposed to be funny whatsoever. No, it's a pretty serious scene. And his dad just wants him to come home. Because, ironically, Macintosh and Preston have the same birthday. And yeah. <laughs> all his family wants to do is have him come home for his birthday. Yeah. And I thought that was a pretty heartwarming scene. Yeah. There's actually a scene. I don't think a tear goes down his face or anything, but there's a, um, he, he can't speak because he's supposed to be Macintosh, but he, he whispers, he's like, I want to come home, daddy, dad, yeah. or whatever. I was like, i like, I got a little emotional. I was just like, oh man, like you can see it on his face. Like he, he legit like misses his family. Misses and he life. literally starts chasing after his dad. That's right. Which, yeah. His dad must have made quite the really good quick <laughs> exit. And so he runs to the door and somebody's knocking on the door and he's like, oh, it's got to be my family. And nope. Nope. It's Quigley and his boys. Yep. Juice and Bitterson, all all, yep. all three of them. And then it goes full Home Alone yeah. at that point. Like it's not it's not Home Alone. It is it, it is doing its own thing. but Yeah, um, he hasn't really planned anything out yeah, at all. He doesn't have paint cans that are going to swing yeah. from, the, from the ceiling or anything. But yeah, he... Um, okay, so let's talk about all three attacks. So uh, Bit- Bitterton is the vir- virtual reality. He like yep. throws the headset on him and confuses him. And, and like throws him... He's got like this <laughs> asteroid that... Or I don't even know what it is. It hangs from the ceiling and uh-huh. he puts him inside of it. And so... That's Bitterman. And then Juice, Preston runs away and goes down a slide. So, of course, they're going to send Juice down. Yep. And um, what's he end up doing? Oh, he gets Juice in the batting cage. Oh, right. And starts throwing stuff at him and everything. Yep. And then... Um, I thought the most clever one was Quigley. Yep. So, he gets him in that hamster wheel yep. ball. And he basically, like, starts... Well, he gets in his go-kart and basically uh-huh. starts pushing this hamster ball. Yeah. And then he pushes him off a ramp all the way into his swimming pool. <laughs> and the cage breaks open, which I don't really think that that would happen no. from the collision with the pool. Not an impact like that, So yeah. then Preston goes to Quigley and he's trying to see if he's alive and everything and Quigley like grabs him. Mm-hmm. And you finally think... Quigley's finally gonna get give Preston what he deserves. Yeah, and then the FBI shows up. Yeah, so it's Shay and and um, I forget the other guy's name, the guy that's been helping her in the in the van, but it's the whole FBI shows Riggs. up. Riggs, that's right. And um, and you know, uh, guns drawn, like they're like, okay, everyone, you know, hands on your head or whatever. And um, you know, she's still demanding to see Macintosh. Like all this time, like no one's figured this out. Like that he's yeah. he's not a real person. And, um, like before this, uh, Quigley and Behrman had discussed, well, nobody's seen this Macintosh, so you could take this persona and be Macintosh. And Quigley's starting to like the idea of that, but the only thing standing in his way is Preston. And so they're trying to get rid of Preston. And then all of a sudden they're surrounded and Mac and, or Quigley says he's Macintosh and he mm-hmm. wants everybody off of his property. Right. And there Shay's just kinda like, You're Macintosh? And he's like, I'm Macintosh and Juice says he's Macintosh and Bitterman says he's <laughs> Macintosh. And then they literally arrest him because of money laundering and some other charges. 
Yeah, I'm sure he has a pretty long list. Yeah. <laughs> and then, I mean, obviously this guy got thrown away probably for good because um, they probably figured out that he's an escape convict too. Yeah. So I'm sure he had a list about a mile long of crimes he had committed. Then what is... What, then <laughs> we get to the... One of the last scenes in the movie, and the, the very last scene is the birthday thing, which we kind of already talked about, but... Um, I have to read this this uh, review that I found online about this. So um, there is a very heartwarming scene between Shay. It has to end somewhere, right? So yep. like they can't just walk off into the sunset together and get married. Like like it has to. They have to split up somehow. So um, Shay has been again the love interest for this movie. At the end of the movie they're they're having this like really close like they're talking very close to each other whispering comments of 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 affection for each other and i was like where's this gonna go like where like are they gonna like kiss like i mean whatever and then sure enough they kiss at the yeah. end of the movie and it's it's not like a peck on the cheek or anything no like it, that. and it, it like i have a i have a picture of it she kisses him in between the top lip and the nose so it's like above his lips but come on, it's essentially a kiss on the lips yeah. um, from a grown woman. This is what this uh, reviewer said. Uh, it says, this isn't like Big, where the movie Big, where the, the mm. woman thinks she's kissing a grown man. <laughs> this is a grown lady, an FBI agent, full on mouth kissing a 12 year old, he says 12 year old, but 11 year old child who is also related to her investigation. How is this okay in any universe? I am still grossed out watching this. Um, so yeah, it's it is a uh, it is a weird place to end this film is yeah. on that kiss. But um, I think this might be one of the only on screen kiss like romantic, somewhat romantic kisses between a grown woman or a grown adult and a yeah. child in a movie. Um, so you can watch it on Disney Plus if you if you want to see yeah. that. <laughs> and it's kind of weird. And like I had talked about earlier, I saw this movie in like the early to mid. 2000s yeah and i didn't remember this at all but then now and like even when i watched it three years ago i didn't remember it but i mean this is like in 2020 now this is kind of weird yeah really weird i i would like to think it was just as weird in the 90s but it may not have been yeah it, it may that was a different time back then um i, I mean obviously pedophilia has always been wrong even in the nineties, it was wrong and illegal, but I don't know that people would have thought too much about uh, just a kiss. Like, you know, it's not, not as egregious as you could be. So like, I, I don't know, I don't know how it got through and how it got by, but it is really strange in 2020, especially yeah. with just the way that how sensitive our country is right now. Mm -hmm. And for sometimes for really good reasons, but like, I, I think people are just really sensitive to anything that's a little taboo. And this is like, the the taboo meter is like flying on this one and <laughs> this is a legitimate disney movie like disney made this right. movie it's not one of those where uh, another um company that disney bought along the way uh ended up making this movie disney made this movie yeah so yeah it's it's a weird one um I, right after the kiss um he, she says um uh, he says, you know, so he's basically going to try to get with her. And he, she says, um, how, how about we have another date in about 10 years? And, uh, he says, um, how about five or whatever? And she says seven. He's like, how about six? And she's like, okay, six. And I was like, wait, 
He's 11. Like six so years, he, he's, he's only 17. Yeah. So he went, he still wouldn't be of age. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing, Disney? This is super weird. Um, so I guess she's going to date him when he's a 17 year old. Yeah. Um, like beginning his senior year in high school. <laughs> so, um, anyways, um, and she's like, she's got to be, I mean, I don't know how old the actress was. She's got to be in her late mid, 20s. I was going to say mid 20s, maybe late 20s. So, I mean, by the time he's even seventeen, like she's in her in her thirties now. Yeah. So it's a thirty now. You're you've got a thirty two year old woman dating a seventeen year old. It's super weird. It's no matter what lens you or what decade you watch this movie, and it's weird. Yeah. And it's it's amazing to me that it got through um, certification. So yeah. Um. Anyways. Um. So that's that's kind of blank check. Um. Uh. We kind of already talked about the end about the the heartwarming scene. Uh, with the birthday and the wish and everything. And he thinks he actually like wishes for Shay. I think it's kind of implied at the end. He's like, he's thinking about Shay and he's like, okay, I'll wish for her. Um, anyway, the, there's, I, I didn't mean to end on a negative. I think overall I'm pretty positive on the movie. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a fun watch. Um, like I said, it's literal child fantasy. I'm 40 years old, but even I enjoyed watching it thinking, thinking like uh, it brought out the kid in me watching it. Like, mm-hmm. It, if I was a kid, I probably would have made a lot of the same choices as him. Um, I feel like there are some weird things and things that don't make sense, like how did an eleven-year-old buy a house and stuff like yeah. that. But if you can, if you're willing to look past some of those obvious, glaring ones, for the most part, the movie—you strip those away. The movie's surprisingly grounded. Like it kind of makes sense, like the way mm-hmm. the way things happen, and you kind of buy the fact that this—not for six months, but for six days—like that this could actually happen. Oh yeah, um, that it could, could could pull this off if they got got really lucky and then pulled all the right strings in the mm-hmm. right order. Um, and the characters are genuinely likable. The bad guys are genuinely hateable. Like yeah. I think they did a lot of things right with it. There's some really funny scenes um, and some funny lines. There's actually a line um, and there's some cute, cute lines too from him, like an 11 year old child uh, things that he just, he's, he's trying to be an adult, but he doesn't understand a lot of the things of what it takes to be an adult. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even think he knows what closing costs are, but he yeah. has to say that. And so he, there's a scene where it's during the date scene or whatever between him and Shay. And she says, um, she's trying to get information out of him, um, about Macintosh. And she says, so is he an entrepreneur? And he's like, no, he's an American. And, and I just, I had to just chuckle and laugh at that. I was just yeah. like, that is a classic, classic line from the exact, exactly what you would expect from an 11 year old kid. Yeah. So, and, um, one of my favorite lines, which, I mean, it truly shows that Preston doesn't have any true friends at the beginning of the movie. Whenever he shows up at Butch's birthday party, Butch literally like, which I don't even know why Butch invited him. He's like, <laughs> it's Presto the Pesto. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe Butch and Preston were like childhood friends, like really early on and their parents were really good friends and that's why he got invited. But I mean, it truly shows that he does not have any true friends yeah before this whole thing happens yeah and i that that line that series of lines that i was quoting from henry where he's talking about birds with one stone or whatever it's it that was the the tail end of a conversation where they were talking about a fool and his money are soon parted that was like mm-hmm. the other colloquialism that he was talking about and and he was like well what does that mean and he's like He's like, actually, I'm not sure I, I know what it means, but then he figures it out pretty quickly. He's like, oh, I think it just means that if you have a lot of money, that money's going to be gone someday. And then when your f- money's gone, your friends are gone too. Yeah. And you actually see exactly that at the end of the movie. Like he's still, 
they leave the Henry thing kind of up, up in the air. Like you kind of assume that they'll see each other around, mm-hmm. but they're not, he also has like a full-time job and he can't just hang out with them all the time. Yeah. Um, but that they genuinely are friends. And then of course, Shay has that weird thing where I'll, I'll date you in six years. But um, like he's made a couple friends along the way, but I think the movie is pretty clear about like, he didn't make any lifelong friends, yeah. even though he got a million dollars overnight. Mm-hmm. So, um, it really comes down to that his family is his true friends. Yeah. 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 It's a good movie with a good, um, the premise is really incredible. Like when you, if you just read the synopsis, you're like, okay, I'm intrigued. This is cool. Yeah. Um, it's, it's funny. The characters are great. And then it's got some like legit themes and, and you know, the moral of the story is really clear mm-hmm. at the end of the movie. So, um, yeah, I was glad I watched it. I'd never, I don't know that I'd ever heard of this movie. Like yeah. even watching the first 20 minutes of, of the frames of this movie, I was like, I don't think I've seen any of these frames in any yeah. trailer ever. <laughs> so I guess I just missed it when it came out. I, again, I would have been perfect age for it. I was 14 when it yeah. came out. So I don't know how I missed this one, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's worth a watch. So I think you just really have to look past the, the semo semi pedophiliac moments yeah. in the film because it's it is a little it's more aggressive than you think it's going to be when you mm-hmm. actually get there so and it's kind of it kind of fits the genre of like richie rich and home alone like we talked yes. about i've not but, seen richie rich i have seen home alone but i mean times, but. it's not you you need to expect like it's semi semi like those movies but yeah i mean it's not as good but i mean i'd still say it's worth watching oh yeah 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 um I mean, once she's old enough, I'll probably have Jordan watch it. I think yeah. I think she'll really enjoy it. So um, definitely, I recommend uh, for both of us. So yeah, um, cool. Um, uh, before I forget to mention this, um, I want to talk about what else have you been watching on Disney Plus here in a second. So you might think of that. But um, next week, uh, so whenever this new content that we're really excited about, like we did Artemis Fowl mm-hmm. last week, um, I want to make sure we're covering that. So. Everyone knows if you're a Disney Plus subscriber, you know it's coming. The big thing next week is Hamilton. So it mm-hmm. drops on July 3rd. We need to kind of talk about like how like our schedule, like if we can if we can cover it yeah. next weekend or if it needs to be Monday or whatever. But pretty the next ep- it's pretty safe to say that the next episode you'll see in your feed is going to be Hamilton. Yep. So uh, definitely watch that when it comes out on July 3rd. I know everyone's really ins- anticipating this film. Um, uh, one thing, the only thing that I've heard about Hamilton is that they're neutering some of the language. I think you, yeah. I think you were the one that told me that told me that. So there are some like f bombs and stuff. Yeah. In so the it, might, it might not be appropriate for the kids. And no. I I know it was in the contract that the Disney Plus was not going to put it on unless they bleeped out those. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they treat that. Like if they have them say a different word instead of like the F, F yeah. word. Um, or if they have them say the F word, but, and then just bleep out the audio of it, but you mm-hmm. can like, you can see them mouthing the F word like yeah. in their mouth. Um, I'll be interested to see how they treat that. But yeah. yeah Cause like Caitlin and I, that shows uh, you how much they wanted this movie, yeah. by the way, the fact that they're like, they look at Deadpool and they're like, Nope, not going to come onto the service, but we'll have Hamilton come on, yeah. which has a lot of the same language in it. And so. like Caitlin and I, have never seen Hamilton before. Um, we obviously know what it is because it's a super popular Broadway show. Yeah. But like, if you go on Spotify, about 50% of their songs are explicit on Spotify. Oh, wow. So, I mean, I would definitely say that Hamilton probably is not kid-friendly. Yeah. 
it's amazing to me that it's on the service at all to yeah. be honest um that, that again that shows you how much they were dying to have this thing on on their property so um i've already seen commercials on television for yeah. it they know this is a big thing like other than mandalorian season two and maybe um the marvel stuff the um uh wandavision and like yeah. hawk uh no What's uh, the other Winter one? Soldier. Yeah, Winter Soldier. Um, that's coming out this this year. This is kind of. I mean, I think Artemis Fowl was supposed to be that, but then the reviews have not been kind to that yeah. movie. But I think I think even Disney knows that this is kind of their big thing, especially for the summer. Like, yeah, this will this will be their big release, um, and it comes out right on Fourth of July weekend. Yeah, so a lot of people will be watching it. I anticipate it'll get great reviews just because yeah. it's a, it's just the musical, like it's the mm-hmm. Broadway hit that everyone loves so unless it's just really poorly shot like cinematography is bad i can't imagine it getting bad reviews because people love the musical yeah um i'm like you guys i've not seen it um i've I've actually never even heard any of the songs which yeah i haven't either has caitlin been listening to the songs is she Mm -hmm. she gonna be familiar with anything no okay so so we'll come in fresh yeah so i'm interested to see what it's like yeah I am too. So the plan right now is to have both of you guys on. So all three of us on the show next week. Um, If anyone else wants to come on, I'm I'm not going to tell them no. So, uh, but at the very least we'll have three of us on to talk about Hamilton next week. So that'll be a a mega episode. Um, What else have you been watching on Disney plus? Anything you guys have been Um, on recently? We're still on the Hannah Montana train. Of course. We're like three fourths of the way through season two. Okay. So we still watch an episode here and there. Um, there's four seasons of that, so I would assume we'll probably be done with it close to the end of the summer. And we watched Artemis Fowl, um, whenever that came out. What's your, what's your like two minute review on that? Um, I feel like the cast was good, yeah, but I feel like there were parts where it had, they tried to be like Harry Potter, but it's nothing like Harry Potter. Mm. So, I mean, overall... I'm intrigued because there's, was there, eight books? Yeah, and supposedly this movie, we had a great discussion, me and Jack, last week. Mm-hmm. Jack actually read the first three books. Okay. Um, I think he's read the first book like three times over. So he's pretty familiar with the source content. He, From what I read online, this movie that just came out covers the first two books. Okay. But he was saying that it, it was really more like one and a half, like it went halfway through the second book. So how many more movies are left? I would say if they were going to do all of them, which who knows? Cause the thing has like a 9% on yeah. Rotten Tomatoes. So who knows if they'll make any more, but if they do, I would say there's, there's maybe six more movies. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, overall I found it enjoyable. Yeah. Like would I go back and watch it like instantly? Maybe not, yeah. but I mean, I'd say it's worth watching if you have not watched it before. I yeah. mean, I feel like kids would, I mean, maybe like close to like eight or nine year old kids would enjoy it. And, but I mean, I'd say it's good for like one watch at least. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to get into the spoilers here just because not everyone's had a chance to see it, but I would say, yeah, if you're, if you're wondering what, should I see it or not? I think Grant and I are going to agree. You should watch it. Yeah. Um, It's, it's, I think it's a, it's enough of a zeitgeist kind of movie where a lot of people are watching it and you kind of want to be a part of that conversation, Mm -hmm. but also just because it's, that book is pretty important to young adult YA type novel stuff. And so if you've ever been curious, I think it's worth at least two hours of your time. You're not going to read the entire book and in 10 hours, but you can watch the the movie in two. Actually, Mm -hmm. it's only an hour and a half long. And, and, uh, there, the enjoyable part of the movie 
will stick with you and the the parts that are just kind of dumb and, and throw away you you won't even remember those anyway so it's yeah. worth a watch so cool but yeah, um, but yeah. Uh, anything else you guys are um we're excited be or i'm excited at least um because also i believe on july 3rd when hamilton comes out they're also releasing the first mighty ducks which oh, okay it's the first Mighty Ducks is probably my least favorite of the three. Interesting. But at least they're starting the ball rolling because, like, two and three probably won't be very far behind. Yeah. So that's coming on. And then the Big Green, which um, is basically, like, the Mighty Ducks, but the soccer version of that uh-huh. comes on, I think it's July 3rd as well. Okay. So I'm excited for those two. I, I enjoy both of those movies. Okay. So. Um, yeah, you might, um, consider coming back on to talk. I would love to talk either one of those. I, um, I know this, this pains you for me to remind you this, but I've only seen the first Mighty Ducks and I don't remember it. Um, and I don't think I've ever seen the big green either. So, um, those are pretty, those sports movies are gaping holes for me. I, I just, I have never watched them. So, um, and I I think it's fair to mention at this stage, I probably should have mentioned at the beginning of the episode and I'll, I'll mention it again next week, but I think Jack is going to take some time off from the podcast. He's got just a lot of other irons in the fire going on, going on in his life right now. He's super busy. So, um, so that probably means having grants on more often, as often as you want to come on. I know it's probably just limited to the summer, but um, as often as you want to come on, you're always welcome. Um, I'll be looking to have some other guests on if, if Grant or Caitlin can't be on there going to be on next week and then may not be on after that but um you know uh jake was a a, a great guest uh, jerry's been a great guest um and some other people that i'm thinking about having on as well so uh you'll you'll hear i think you'll hear more of grant than uh, than we normally would just because um uh we're taking a break jack's taking a break as far as co-hosting so um y- your uh, comments about like movies that are finally coming to Disney plus is a great transition into what we watched. So last night was movie night for our mm-hmm. household. You know, we do Friday night movie night. And, um, I was just, I pulled up Disney plus. I was like, Oh, I wonder what you haven't seen yet. And we're just kind of, we usually, we just kind of scroll through and like, okay, you haven't seen that one. You haven't seen that one. Then inevitably she picks something that she's already watched before with <laughs> no matter how many times we try to corral her into watching something new. She doesn't yeah. always go there. You can lead a horse to water, but, uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, she, um, on the very first homepage, she goes, what's that one, daddy? And I said, Tarzan, yeah. Tarzan came to Disney Plus. I was like, yes, I love this movie. Came out in '99. I was in college. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, this is a great movie. And and she had, she we watched Jungle Book like a week before a week yeah. ago. And I was like, I was like, how do I describe this movie? I was like, well, it's not unlike Jungle Book. Like, it's about this human child that gets raised by animals, you know. And so, uh, and then it quickly diverges from Jungle Book after that. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah. So I was like, well, let's watch the trailer. And I found this old like four by three like square <laughs> trailer on YouTube. And she goes, I want to watch that. And we're like, sweet. So we we put that on, and I watched it. I'll be honest, Grant, half the time that we have movie night, I'm not even watching the movie because yeah. it's, it's a movie I've seen 30 times mm-hmm. or it's a movie I just don't care to watch. I watched every frame of Tarzan last night. I freaking love that movie. Yeah, it's that's so a good, good. One. It's so good. Yeah. Um, the music is fantastic. It's all Phil Collins, mm-hmm. um, except for Trash in the Camp, which is a great scene. Yeah. Uh, it's it's Trash in the Camp is basically... Um, Oh, what's that uh, show that you can see in Vegas? That's like a oh, uh, street sweeping, like uh, yeah, um, stomp, stomp. It's trash in the camp is basically stomp mm-hmm. um, for like three minutes in the middle of the movie where they're just banging on pots and pans and stuff, and they make a song about it. And the uh, mini driver is freaking perfect 
as Jane in this movie. Like she is so she epitomizes that character perfectly. Yeah. Perfect. And uh the uh Rosie O'Donnell as as the sidekick is super mm-hmm. funny. He's she's very similar to um to the parrot character in, in Aladdin, Iago. Yeah. Um she's kind of an Iago character, but way more fleshed out, way f- funnier in my opinion. And and uh, the guy that plays uh, Tarzana, he's a, kind of a one-off actor, I think. But um, he's probably been—that's probably reductive. He's probably been in a bunch of stuff I've, I've never seen. But um, he is really fantastic as you know this person that's learning English and yeah. like kind of like you know going from gorilla talk to human talk and like in between and stuff like that. And um, I think the 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 premise and the moral of the story is very fleshed out really well. The animation for 1999, this movie came out 21 years ago, and it looks like it was animated today. Yeah, it, it looks absolutely fantastic. Um, there there are some of, some of the flashiest, fastest action scenes I've ever seen in a movie. It's every bit as good. The action scenes are just as fast and just as fluid as anything you've seen in the Incredibles movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, if you haven't watched Tarzan, do not sleep on that one. I, I don't know if this is a popular Disney movie for them. It's not a princess movie. It's not even a musical. There's yeah. music in the movie. Like awesome. Like, mm-hmm. um, see, m- songs that you've heard a million times on Pandora, yeah. but no, no, they're not sung by any of the characters. So it's, it's odd as far as a Disney animated feature goes. But it is easily top 10 for me as far as animated. It's so, so good. So uh, we watched that last night. I had not seen it in probably at least 10 years. And um, all the same emotions came flooding back. I just, I love that movie so yeah, much. That's a good one. So, so yeah, we, that's, that's what we've been watching. Um, I don't even remember what we watched on Tuesday night. But it might not have even been a Disney film, to be honest. But, um, but yeah, Tarzan was the, the hit this week. So, yeah. Yeah, I was happy to get into that. Cool. Um, well, I think that's up uh, it for this episode. It's been a nice long episode. Um, if you have an idea of what you want to hear about on this podcast, something you want us to review or talk about, something, or you just want to give us your two-minute review of something you've watched on Disney+, Plus, hit us up at DisneyPlusReviews at Hotmail.com. We'd love to include you in the show, whether it be an audio file or just something you write, write out and I can read on the show. That would be great. Um, Again, uh, like we said earlier, next week is going to be Hamilton, and then the week after that, we'll figure it out. But uh, Grant has given me a long list of movies that I need to see, and whether or not he's on the show to uh, talk about them or not is up to him. And and uh, we'll um, I'll talk about it with somebody. So uh, so I don't know, maybe um, uh, the first Mighty Ducks movie or something yeah. like that. So, uh, anyways, thanks for joining us. Um, thank you, Grant, for being on the show. Yeah, today it was fun. I love it. Was good. I love talking about blank check with you. Yeah, and uh, we'll see you next week for Hamilton. That's gonna be a, a good time. <laughs>